On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's up, Colts Nation? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Larger. Joining me, as always, is Cody Felger. Cody, how you doing today? Man, I'm excited. The NFL draft's around the corner, man. I'm looking forward to it. How are you doing? Oh, not doing too bad, man. Uh, just for anyone that's wondering, uh, I have a sore throat. Uh, I, was on the, <laughs> I was on a chat with my brother earlier, and I lost my voice. Uh, just from, I don't know whether, what it was for, but <laughs> my voice is kind of bad. So I apologize if my voice is really bad. I'm trying to go into a lower voice. But anyway, uh, we mentioned earlier on Twitter and all of our social medias earlier this week that starting Thursday and going all the way to the draft day, we are going to be uploading content where we evaluate all positions for players who we think might have a potential connection with the Indianapolis Colts and who we think could or could not be a good fit for the Indianapolis Colts come draft days. Uh, And with it being a week away, it's definitely going to be fun. Uh, Just for disclaimer, before we start this, uh, the players that we selected here, not all of them we know are going to necessarily be uh, looked at as much by the Colts. And we took some of the, main top position guys out of the equation because everybody has an opinion on the top guys at the position, right? When we talk about quarterbacks and we talk about running backs, some wide receivers, we know who, who all is getting those. And most likely with the Colts, not having a first round draft pick, most of those guys we're not going to see. So we're going to break down guys who we think are going to be in that second round or later on in the draft that could potentially see a fit for the Indianapolis Colts. And today we're going to start you guys off with the quarterback room and the running back room today. And then the next one, we're probably going to do wide receivers because wide receivers, there's a lot more people to uh, look at there. And with the quarterbacks and the running backs, there are not as many that we can think of. So let's go ahead and hop into this one. Cody, I believe you have the first guy here. Why don't you go ahead and start us off with the first quarterback listed? Okay. Yeah. The first guy we have here, he's been a favorite among different mock drafts and Colts fans. And that's Jacob Eason, uh, six, six, 227 pound quarterback. Um, you know, he's a guy that has been mocked, like you mentioned to, to the Colts in a lot of ways. Um, a guy out of Washington, he, he's just one of those guys that, uh, he he's a prototypical quarterback size, and um, you know he's got he's got decent sized hands. He's got nine and a half inch hands. Uh, he posted a four point nine forty time, um, and in twenty nineteen specifically in college with Washington, he he completed sixty four percent of his passes, threw for thirty one hundred yards, twenty three touchdowns, and eight interceptions. And one thing that I think 
is very attractive to a lot of people is the arm strength of Jacob Eason. He's a guy that probably has the biggest arm in this draft. He, you know, compared to anybody else, probably second to none. Um, and that can bail him off, bail him out, I should say, rather, on some questionable throws. Um, but the good thing, and I think this is something that fits really well, kind of into Frank Reich's system, is the quick release. And he's a guy that is very good at that. He's a guy that's very good about getting the rhythm, the play action. Um, he, you know, he actually, interesting enough, started his career at Georgia. Uh, he got injured in 2017. Jake Fromm took over. And then in 2018, he transferred to Washington. Um, and then he really didn't play in 2018 and only played one year in 2019. Um, but with that being said, he's a very raw talent. He still needs time to grow in the system. Um, he's very inconsistent, especially with his arm, um, and where he can often overthrow people. We saw that a lot last year. Um, but overall, you see a guy who has a lot of potential, um, a lot. He's got the size. He's got the intangibles. He could be a starting quarterback in the NFL after a few years of growing and, and kind of refining his skills. Um, and, and he's just a guy that, you know, he's not afraid to take risks down the field, like we mentioned. And that is something that we saw last year with Jacoby Brissett. One of the big knocks on him was, yeah, we know he, he has a pretty good arm too, but he was so afraid to throw the ball down the field a lot of times. And as a result, the Colts had one of the worst passing offenses and worst vertical threats in the league last year. And that wouldn't be the case with Eason. He's a guy that probably people would say, if people would say Jacoby Brissett doesn't trust his arm enough, but they'd probably send the other end of the spectrum. Jacob Eason maybe trusts his arm a little bit too much. And so I think this is potentially a guy that you could see there in that second round, the Colts, Colts potentially taking a chance on him. Derek, what do you think about Jacob Eason here for the Colts? Yeah, I kind of look back at the numbers and you look at the size and everything. All the intangibles are there. Uh, You mentioned it earlier how, you know, he started his career in Georgia. You get hurt your first year and then you don't play in 2018 and then he plays one full season in 2019. And 2019 had himself a pretty good year. You know, not necessarily that Eason isn't an experienced guy, but in college, you know, he only had one full year. So it's not like he you know, as a quarterback, a system quarterback that we've seen with a lot of experience, like a Justin Herbert, who's been with the Oregon system for four straight years being the starter. Eason was the starting quarterback in Washington for one year. And look at what he did. And, you know, 64%, that's really good, especially for a guy that definitely likes to throw the ball deep. Uh, You mentioned it, the the overthrowing. That's just going to happen sometimes when you have a, a quarterback that can throw the ball about close to 70 yards, just standing on his two feet, uh, which is incredible. But again, guys like Paris Campbell and, you know, you got T Y Hilton and you got some other guys that got some speed on that uh, wide receiver core and whoever else we may add, but Eason definitely could be a potential guy that, you know, you start to see if he just gets into a system and he learns and he gets better with, you know, reading defenses and getting in there, then that definitely could be a good one. So I'm saying I would lean towards the side of yes for the idea of getting a Jacob Eason. Now we're going to move on to another guy here who we just mentioned here uh, with Jacob Eason's argument and the guy that took over for Jacob Eason in Georgia, and that's Jake Fromm. So Jake Fromm coming in out of Georgia, six foot, two inches, 220 pounds, with almost nine inch hands and 4.9 40 time, 
hands are a little smaller than what we usually like to see from guys. I mean, smaller hands than Joe Burrow, if that says anything. And people were going crazy about that in the media too. Uh, 2019 stats went down with a 60 cent, uh, 60% completion percentage, 2,900 yards, 24 touchdowns and five interceptions. Not bad for a touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, the main positives that we hear from Jake Fromm is Jake Fromm is a very intellectual guy, reads defenses very well at the line, makes adjustments. And anyone that's talked to any of his coaches says he's literally the smartest guy that they've talked to when it comes to running an offense. He's definitely a very smart guy. Uh, Fromm is relatively accurate. Uh, he does place the ball uh, where only his receiver can get it most times. But oftentimes that does lead to him underthrowing wide receivers because I think sometimes he likes to be conservative and that's not always a bad thing, but when you're trying to make bigger plays, it's definitely better, especially in the open field. You want to give your wide receiver a chance to go run uh, from has, and when you talk about the negatives to Jake Fromm, and I've been saying this a lot uh, from has a very average arm at best. Uh, and he's actually struggled to throw uh, 50% or better against multiple teams inside his own conference. I think Missouri, Texas A&M, Auburn, and a few others in the conference held him to under 50% throwing in those games. And here's the, it's actually the complete opposite of Jacob Eason when you kind of look at it. I mean, two guys that again, you know, have good size, but one guy is, is a lot more conservative and has no deep ball whatsoever. I think I saw Zach Hicks actually mention that uh, a tweet earlier that deep ball accuracy uh, throws that were 30 plus yards down the field. Uh, Jake Fromm was dead last in deep ball completion percentage at around 52% of throws that were 30 plus yards down the field. I mean, if that tells you anything, that just goes to show you that Jake Fromm is not a very accurate guy down the field. And that's just, again, why would we want to get another Jacoby Brissett, a guy that, you know, is not confident throwing the ball deep. Now for the last thing here, uh, Jake, Jake Fromm is definitely a confident and calm guy and he has good intangibles to be a future quarterback, but obviously he needs some time to get into a better system now and get trained because there's no way he could come in right away and build that system. So he's definitely going to need more time to build up that arm strength and get better down the field. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to say a heck no to Jake Fromm. I, I feel like I'm going to get some crap for that in the comment section, but I mean, I've been saying that for a long time. So Cody, what do you, what are you thinking of Jake Fromm? Yeah, I, I am right there with you. I am a heck no to Jake Fromm. I mean, you just look, man, it, it, it's just, you know, he had a good, Georgia's a good team, but, you know, I, he just was not. He, you know, he's a guy that you feel like he should get better, you know, as he gets older and as he progresses. But he's just a guy, man, that there's a lot of things where he kind of gives me similar vibes to, you know, you see like Andy, even like Andy Dalton vibes. And I, I would say even worse than Andy Dalton um, in terms of just the arm strength. I never felt like Andy Dalton had a good arm, but. You know, I feel like Jake Fromm maybe have a, has a worse arm. I mean, and it's not just throwing the ball down the field. It's even like fitting the ball into into pockets for your receiver to get into windows. And, 
And he's just a guy that, you know, I, I just don't see a lot of upside with, honestly. He's just a guy that um, – he's just a guy that really doesn't give you a whole lot beyond what you already have. And why would you want, like you mentioned, to go back to a guy that can't throw the ball down the field and get your receivers open? Like, it's not an upgrade. It's a downgrade, in my opinion, from Jacoby Brissett. Um, at least Jacoby Brissett has an arm, and maybe he could learn to use it. Jake Fromm does not. And he's just a guy that I, I am – if there's any quarterback or any player that I want the Colts desperately not to draft, it is definitely Jake Fromm. Um, he's just a guy that, you know, maybe he's very smart, but smarts can only get you so far if you can't actually, you know, do something with those smarts. And so uh, I, he's just a guy. Yeah. I, I'm just not really <laughs> at all um, on board with. He's a guy that, like you mentioned, he's never going to put the ball in jeopardy in harm's way. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need the big play in order to spark your offense, right? Sometimes you need the the Jacob Eason type of play. And he's just a guy that's just going to be conservative. And he, he he's a game manager. He really is. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and be a factor. He's just going to be a guy that can maybe maintain the offense, but he's not going to ever pop out. For me, why would you waste a pick, much less second or third round pick, when you could be picking other guys with a lot more upside and, you know, I just want to go back also, Derek, to, you know, even even thinking about that that LSU game, uh, Georgia LSU game in 2019. I mean, Jake Fromm, you look at the stats, he just he was not good <laughs> at all yeah. um, in that game. And, and Georgia got trounced by LSU. And, uh, you know, it's just something where um, you need in those moments, especially at the NFL level. We saw this with Andrew Luck time and time again when the lights were on the brightest. He shined. And Jake Fromm's just a guy that's not going to do that. He just he has proven that he just cannot do that. He does not have the physical traits to do that. And so hard pass for me there on Jake Fromm. Uh, the next guy that we have on our list here is Jalen Hurts, a guy that I'm really interested. Um, he's he's six one, two hundred twenty pounds, like Eason, nine and a half inch hands, uh, four point six forty time. 2019 was a pretty solid season for Hertz, uh, 70% passer. Um, and, uh, I think that's something that definitely stands out 3,800 yards, 32 touchdowns and only eight interceptions. So that's a good touchdown to interception ratio. One thing that is big about Hertz is he's just throughout his career, he's been a winner. Um, and you know, maybe if there's a knock on Easton about his lack of experience, I would say Hertz the other way has tons of experience to add to his resume. And it's not just his arm. He also is very athletic and he has a lot of ability to Frank Reich mentioned the RPO game. He could definitely bring a new element, a new wrinkle to this Colts offense with that. And we mentioned, you know, Frank Reich has even talked about maybe wanting to get Jacoby Brissett a little bit involved to get him a couple snaps per game. Well, if you draft a guy like Hertz, maybe he fills that role a little bit more, maybe the Taysom Hill type of role, um, getting him involved in the offense. Um, so he's a guy that, uh, he has a decent arm, but it's not, you know, it's not close to Easton, obviously, but it's a guy that, you know, he has a decent arm, but he he also has some accuracy issues, which I think will scare some teams off, um, especially the longer throws, the, the throws 20, 20 yards plus. Um, and it almost kind of gave, and Derek, we talked about this a little bit, it almost kind of gave us an Eli Manning type of vibe last year, uh, you know, where we saw where CeeDee Lamb, the wide receiver, a uh, very good wide receiver who will probably go pretty early uh, bails him out of some pretty bad throws, honestly. Um, but you know, others, other receivers may have a little bit more difficulty with that. Um, and he's maybe not the best at reading defenses, 
Um, and, you know, he's also, um, he also will, will choose to run if he feels any pressure. And sometimes we know that can be good, but sometimes, you know, you got to stay in the pocket and you got to make a play, got to make a throw down the field. And so um, it's kind of, I kind of torn on this one. I think if you're saying second or second round, I would say no, you know, probably more, more no than yes. But you know, if it's maybe fourth, fifth round, maybe that's something more that you can kind of talk about. But if, in terms of if you're wanting to get a quarterback there in the second round, I'd probably lean towards no. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I, I kind of think it is an interesting idea for a Jalen Hurts thing if you're going to get him third round or later. Uh, he definitely has a lot that he brings to the table. You mentioned the RPO. His He's athletically really gifted, and he's such a bright and smart individual when you have to, when you're playing for Alabama and then you're sharing time with Tua Tagovailoa and then Tua comes in when you get injured, wins the national championship game, and then the starting job goes to Tua. And then Tua gets hurt and then you come in and then you do what's necessary to win games. Then, And Nick Saban has nothing but ultimate respect for Jalen Hurts and the player that he is. And then he fit right into Lincoln Riley's uh, system. And everyone knows when you get a decently mobile quarterback there, a guy that can run and throw, they thrive in that system, no doubt about it. Um, it, it does definitely make some kind of sense if you're thinking that, you know, what can what do you think that Jalen Hurts provides you? Um, if you can look past the accuracy issues uh, down the field now, uh, not it's not the fact that he doesn't have a good arm. He can throw the ball deep. It's just, again, not a very accurate arm. And hopefully, uh, and like you mentioned with the Eli Manning type of year, you know how they were talking about with OBJ. When Eli Manning was throwing it to OBJ, he was getting about a 70% completion percentage. And then they said when he was throwing it to the rest of the field, it was around 48%. So it wasn't necessarily the best uh, idea for the rest of the field. That's kind of what we had with uh, Hertz in a way, because obviously CD lamb is so head over heels better than everyone else that was on that roster. So it, it obviously makes sense, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, it just depends again, what round you're getting them in. That really ultimately depends on it for me. And let's move to another guy here. We got Anthony Gordon out of Washington State. This is a guy that a lot of people have been talking about potentially for a fourth rounder or fifth round option if he goes that late. So Anthony Gordon, six foot two, 205 pounds, nine and a half inch hands, ran a four nine forty time, roughly the same thing as Jake uh, as uh, Jake Fromm basically, but has the same kind of hands as Jacob Eason. Twenty nineteen, Anthony Gordon had <laughs> outside of the top three or four quarterbacks in the, in college football, Anthony Gordon easily had the best numbers out of all these guys. But then again, when you look at the conference he was playing in, I can understand, but 72% completion percentage over 5,500 yards of uh, total passing yards, 48 touchdowns to 16 interceptions. The guy definitely was a throwing machine in the pack uh, air in the Pacific uh, conference. That's for sure. Um, 
when we saw what we saw from uh from the senior bowl, we saw that his arm does have some limitations. He's not a guy that, you know, can th- chuck the ball deep like Eason. And in my personal opinion, I think Anthony Gordon is actually the most raw quarterback prospect out of all these guys. When you're looking at just like what raw talent he has and how little uh, mechanics he has, when you're seeing him throw, his feet weren't always set. uh, His shoulders were a little wobbly, but he he made some throws that just, he shows you, you can, he can improvise, right? He's a guy that just makes some throws that like, you just don't see how he was able to make that throw until you see it. And it's just, it's phenomenal when he does get that, uh, I think he actually had a really good throw for a first down where he was being tackled down and still was uh, able to throw a strike to a wide receiver across the middle for a first down. It was a really good throw, and it, it's really nice to see Anthony Gordon be able to do that. Uh, it's just his issue is, again, he's very inconsistent, and his mechanics wouldn't uh, aren't necessarily great. Um now, what does that appeal to a guy like Frank Reich? Well, I mean, he did have a 72% completion percentage. I don't care what conference you're in. You can't ignore the 70%. Uh, Frank Reich can probably tell you that, you know, if he's accurate with those mechanics, I can only imagine how much better he could get if, you know, he's got, gets better mechanics and is able to throw then. So, I wouldn't be opposed to Anthony Gordon if you're getting him in a fourth or fifth round situation. But um, yeah, you just have to kind of think about the mechanic issue there. Uh, What are you thinking, Cody? Yeah, something interesting about Anthony Gordon that I was just reading. Um, He was actually drafted by the New York Mets in the 2015 MLB draft. So uh, former baseball player, he's, uh, he's definitely a guy that very, very motivated. Um, he, he's a guy, man, that, uh, it's just kind of crazy to just kind of see his story and see all the, all the different things that he's kind of had to do to get to this point. Um, like you said, I'd probably project him fourth, fifth round, um, some positives, like you said, the quick, you know, quick release, which led probably to some of the completion percentage that he threw, um, that definitely would appeal, I think, to the Colts offense. Frank Reich wants to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands a lot quicker than what Jacoby Brissett did last year. And so he's a guy that I think does that. Um, and he's a guy that would fit well into that with that. And uh, he's a guy that's really poised in the pocket, which I think is big. Um, he's a guy that doesn't panic um, whenever the pressure comes, which I think is a big, big deal for a quarterback. You know, he's able to heal. He's willing to take the big hit um, whenever he's hit and whenever he's pressured. And uh, I think that's something that that's big. Um, and like you said, he's a guy that can also kind of, um, get out of some trouble sometimes and make some pretty cool plays. Um, he's a guy that's very motivated. Um, it seems like he's a guy that would control this offense from day one. Um, whenever he's on the field, he's a guy that he's smart as well. Um, he's the guy that, that would use, you know, his, his smarts and his motivation to, to lead that offense, command that offense, which I think is big. Um, but you mentioned the arm strength isn't the greatest. I wouldn't say it's Jake from bad, but it's definitely not Jacob Eason. So somewhere in between there, wherever you want to go, um, you know, he's a type of guy that I think, um, you know, maybe some of that stuff can be coached out of him, but at the end of the day, um, sometimes arm strength is just a natural thing. And 
Um, but he, he is a baseball player. So he, a former baseball player. So I feel like he knows how to throw the ball and get it into different tight windows and stuff like that. Um, you know, he's the guy that is just, he's just interesting, especially just with, with that system that he ran last year, his numbers were, looked amazing through for over 5,000 yards, uh, fantastic year. Um, but you know, you just, it, there is always that factor though. Um, how does that translate to the NFL level? And I think that's something that will have to be considered here with, with, the, with a guy like him, um, with a guy like Gordon. And so, you know, he's a guy, he's a little bit undersized for a quarterback. He's almost, he's just about 200 pounds, six, two. Um, so not the tallest guy in the world, but, um, certainly a guy that I would not be opposed to taking, you know, fourth, fifth round, mid round to late round pick. Um, you know, he's just a guy that has a great story and he, I certainly would, would love to see him in a Colts uniform if, you know, they are able to get him there in the mid to late rounds. And then, uh, yeah. So then let's see, moving on to the next quarterback here. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Nate Stanley, six, four quarterback, 235 pounds, actually has the biggest hands of anybody we've looked at so far, 10 inches, uh, 4.8 40 time. Um, he has, he has some issues, um, like the next guy on our list with completion percentage. Um, he only threw for 59% in 2019, uh, 2,950 yards, almost 3000 yards, 16 touchdowns, seven interceptions, not a great ratio there. And he was also injured a little bit. Um, one thing that that is interesting um, about this guy, and we don't have a lot about this guy, but he has a fit in kind of the style that he he ran in college. Kind of has a fit in a pro style offense, um, and he also has the size for a quarterback, six four, two thirty five. Um, but there is that concern about percentage and also touchdown to interception ratio. That is very Jacoby Brissett esque. Um, in terms of touchdown to interception ratio, it seems like. And so, um, but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about this guy, Derek. Did you do any uh, research about him or, or what did you find about Nate Stanley? Yeah, uh, Nate Stanley is the quarterback from Iowa. And given the fact that I am a Big Ten fan, I do get the opportunity to watch a lot of these quarterbacks. Uh, Nate Stanley definitely did himself a favor coming back from uh, his junior year and going back to college for another year to learn. Uh, like I said, the injury history there, uh, he was injured a little bit last season, and I just think it kind of messed with him a little bit. I, I think he's generally more accurate than a 59% guy. Uh, but ultimately, you know, at 6'4", 235 pounds, you're looking at exactly what you want in a quarterback. Uh, big hands. And like you mentioned, he he's ran a pro-style offense throughout most of his career at Iowa. So he understands how it runs. Uh, their co head coach was a quarterback's coach from some, somewhere, I believe. And I, I think that Nate Stanley does get a bad rap. You look at the numbers and you think, oh, that's not necessarily that great. But I, I've seen better days from him. Uh, he actually is the... I don't remember if he actually broke the record or not. I don't think he did, but I think he came close to breaking the Iowa uh, touchdown record in a career. So if that gives you any indication of what his actual first couple years in college were like, then just look back at some of his more previous numbers. And I can promise you, you get a little bit better story from his previous years than what you get this last year. 
and the guy we're just about to talk about, uh, Cody will probably mention the same thing to you about this guy, about not necessarily looking too much about 2019 and look more back a couple years before. And the guy we're going to be talking about now is James Morgan, quarterback from FAU, 6'4", 230 pounds, roughly the same as Nate Stanley, 9.75-inch hands, 4'9", 40 time. 2019, 58%. Yeah, again, not too great. Uh, 2,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Uh, The system that they run at FAU, they like to run the ball a lot more, so these numbers don't necessarily surprise me. Uh, Again, when you go back and you look at the numbers, you get a great improvement from 2017 to 2018, which 2018 season was much better than what it was in 2019. He obviously has the size. And one thing uh, that we've heard a lot of about James Morgan is he's actually been told as to be the smartest quarterback in this whole draft. That's why people are really liking James Morgan as a later round pick. Uh, obviously, again, his numbers make you question his ability at times, but he did have a really good week at the Senior Bowl, had a good 2018, and when you show GMs you're an intelligent guy, he could definitely make a case for a mid-round QB. So uh, what do you think in there, Cody? This is my guy right here, Okay. He's a guy that I projected the Colts to take, and I would love if they took him um, as a fifth-round pick. He's a guy that has a prototypical NFL size, 6'4", 230. Um, He's a guy that, yes, 2019, similar to the previous guy we just looked at, not great. I get that. Not great. That's why he's a fifth-round pick for me. Um, But he's a guy that has a lot of the intangibles that Frank Reich loves in quarterbacks. He's got the arm strength. He's got the smarts. He's got the physical tools. He's got everything to be a good NFL quarterback. He just has to put it all together here. It has to be developed. He has to be developed. And what better guy to develop a quarterback with all these positive things that you see than Frank Reich. And I just think that it's a perfect fit. Um, He's just a guy that I want on this Colts roster. The more I look in, the more I dive, dive deep into him. Because, you know, it's not like he has just the smarts like Jake Fromm, but not the arm. It's not like he has just the arm, but no smarts. He has them both. And so it's just kind of crazy to me that he hasn't put it more together than he has. Um, but you mentioned maybe maybe the offense that they ran at FIU um, was more about running the ball than not passing the ball. And maybe as a result, that's why James Morgan's stats are down. But, you know, overall, he's just a guy that I would love to see in the system with Frank Reich and get him for a fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't pan out, but it's a guy that's given you a chance. It's a guy that, you know, it's more about the physical tools in the later rounds, I feel like, than it is about just getting guys that have the whole package. You just, you just can't in those later rounds, right? And so I, I like him a lot. I personally am a, am a guy that, really is on board with him. I know some of the stats will scare away people, especially that completion percentage. Um, But I think he's a guy that can be taught a lot of the things that maybe some mistakes that he made in college can kind of be coached out of him by Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni and company. And so I like him a lot, but yeah, that's just, that's just my opinion. Um, You don't have to like him, but the more I dive into him, Derek, the more I really like James Morgan. All right. So now we're going to move on. Those were the quarterbacks there. Be sure to leave a comment down below who you think the Colts should uh, think about taking it out of those guys and why. 
uh, leave us some comments on your thoughts and everything there. So now we're going to move on to the running back room. And I believe we have, we have a list of four. Yeah. We have a list of four guys here that we're going to mention. Uh, I actually do have to mention this because this is very ironic uh, that I only have four guys, but I have to mention this fact that the Colts have actually spent, I think more time talking to running backs in this uh, draft process so far over every other position besides wide receiver. It's kind of ironic given the fact that, you know, (laughs) we have Marlon Mack, we have Naheem Hines, but you know, it, it never hurts to keep looking for that next guy. And, you know, with uncertainty in Marlon Mack's future with the team uh, could potentially be some uh, a coincidence there. But anyway, we're going to move on here. We're going to move into our first guy, uh, A.J. Dillon, running back out of Boston College. Many who assume is going to be a third, fourth round guy. Uh, A.J. Dillon, six foot tall, 245 pounds, but astoundedly runs a 4-5-3 40 time. For a guy that's 245 pounds to run a 4-5 is actually pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. Uh, in 2019, had 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, was averaging four, uh, 5.3 yards per carry, uh, had 13 catches for 195 yards and a touchdown as well. I mean, I just go back to that 40 time. A 4-5 at, at 245 pounds, that's phenomenal. Uh, the height at six feet, you know, it's not, it's not too tall, but what I wish he was a little bit smaller, but overall AJ Dillon was widely renowned as one of the better power backs in college football. And he'd be a really great rotational power back. Um, if the Colts are really thinking to get dicey in the fourth round, uh, I could definitely see an AJ Dillon potential or even maybe a third round, depending on what they do in the second. Um, like I mentioned, he's very powerful back when you're 245 pounds and you can run like that. I mean, that, that is just straightly phenomenal. So Cody, what are you thinking of AJ Dillon? Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, you, you mentioned, you already got Roosevelt Knicks. You just signed him, um, earlier this week. And so he's a guy that I like a lot in terms of just, you know, I always felt like maybe Roosevelt Knicks will fix this and maybe the Colts won't even need to go after AJ Dillon, but uh, I mentioned the Colts just have been missing, especially in the running game, just a big power back that can really just get that one extra yard, you know, do the things. And, and I always go back to that 2018 game against Jacksonville. Always go back to that in Jacksonville. Colts are down fourth and one, and they can't get one yard. And that ultimately cost them that game. And I always felt like as good as Marlon Mack is, you know, as good as Naheem Hines is as a receiver, we like Jordan Wilkins. They just don't have a big power back. And AJ Dillon is six foot, 250 pounds. So he's a guy that really fits that mold. He's a, he's a big guy. Um, and the, the thing is, just in, even though he's a big guy, it's not like he's big and clumsy. I mean, he's got nice vision, he's got good feet. He's very durable, which is a big deal, especially because Marlon Mack hasn't played in 16 games his entire career. Uh, he's very balanced. He's good. He's a good balanced guy, and he's. Uh, I think he's just he's just a really good guy. He he's a guy that also um, I think he's a pretty solid pass protector as well, which is big, especially for Philip Rivers, a guy who we know is pretty much going to be a statue down there uh, at the quarterback position. 
Um, you know, he's not a guy that's going to be a receiver. That's why you got Naheem Hines, but he's a guy that's just going to do the, the dirty work. And I think that's what the Colts can get, especially we've seen all of Chris Ballard's draft picks for running backs have been a fourth rounder later. And so if you get in the fourth round, that, that works for me. Honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, and he's just a guy that I think um, he does a lot of really good stuff. And, and he, I think he fits well into kind of bringing another element to this Colts running game. They were number seventh in the league. I think he could push him up to top five, especially with just his power ability. So I like A.J. Dillon quite a lot. And uh, and, and then the next guy that we're going to look at here, um, he's kind of he, he's kind of the opposite of A.J. Dillon in a way. Uh, Kishon Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. He's five foot nine, two hundred and five pounds, uh, four five forty times. So not that much faster actually than AJ Dillon in his forty time. Um, but the thing that stands out, he he had a thousand yards, nine touchdowns, averaged over five yards a carry. He also added twenty nine catches for two hundred eighty six yards and a touchdown. Um, he's a very versatile back. Um, he's he's able to catch and run. He's also not afraid of contact. Um, especially at his size, only 205 pounds. He's a guy that's not afraid to come up and, and hit guys. And I think that that's a good trait to have, especially for a running back of his size. So uh, Kishan Vaughn's another guy. Derek, what do you think about him? Yeah, I see fifth round potential. Uh, it, it's very rare for somebody of that stature to want to actually embrace contact I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm two inches taller than this guy. I weigh almost 50 pounds more than he does. And this dude probably could run my butt over right here and now. I mean, it's phenomenal that, you know, what he uh, lacks in a 40 time actually makes up for him physicality. Uh, it's good to see a 5'9 guy uh, at 200 pounds be so embracive of contact and not be afraid of it. It's a good thing. And like you mentioned, the versatility, you know, 29 catches for basically 30 catches for almost 300 yards and a touchdown and averaging five yards carry last season. I mean, and Vanderbilt being in the conference that they were in and, you know, being uh, subject to some of the circumstances that I'm sure he had to go through, uh, putting up those kinds of numbers is certainly not easy. Uh, he was one of the better bright spots for Vanderbilt. So I see fifth round potential there as well. And then here's a guy that I'm very uh, excited to actually talk about because I feel like a lot of people just don't really talk about him that much, which is just odd because, you know, people love to rip on Ohio State, right? Well, this is one of the only running backs that I've ever seen rip a hole straight into the heart of a Ohio State defense. One of the few guys that I've ever seen do it. And his name is Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. Now, he's about the same size as Kashawn Vaughn, okay? 5'8", 205 pounds, runs a 4'4", 40 time. So very fast, uh, probably the fastest. Yeah, it's the fastest running back that I have here of the list here. Uh, 5.4 yards per carry last season, 614 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, and he had a few injuries to deal with, and Maryland's offense was a little bit of subjectivity. So uh, I, I those numbers definitely were deflated a lot because of that. Uh, 17 catches for 126 yards. He actually had a really good 2018 season, 
had about five yards per carry again, but ran for over a thousand yards. He ran for nearly 200 yards against the Ohio State defense in 2018. Now, granted, that Ohio State defense was not necessarily the best defense that we've seen from Ohio State. We get that. But whenever you can do that against a Ohio State defense, regardless of what year it was, he was a difference maker in that game. He just, when you get him in the open field, there's very few guys that can catch him with his speed. He's what you would consider, you know, a change of pace kind of back. You know, he comes in and he just changes how you run defend. And it's, you better be careful too. Cause once he hits that block, he hits the hole hard and he runs, man. Uh, he's had some good seasons got with that ter- tremendous speed. I think that could definitely be a good late fourth, fifth round option if he's still there. What do you think, Cody? You mentioned it. Speed, speed, and more speed. Man, at this rate, if the Colts take this guy, man, they're they're just like sending a signal. They're going to outrun everybody on offense. Like Paris Campbell, Naheem Hines, two fastest guys at their positions. Why not add another guy here? Why not add Anthony McFarland? By the way, uh, Anthony McFarland, Booger McFarland, former Colt. I just thought that make that made that make that connection there. But yeah, he is a guy that is certainly <laughs> a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. And maybe that's what you need. You already got Naheem Hines. He's a guy that's a very elite uh, guy out of the backfield receiving back. But why not add another add another guy? Add another wrinkle to your offense. Um, he's a guy that I like a lot. He's the guy that is so quick, so fast. And he's also very, not very tall. He's 5'9", 198. Um, he's a guy that I like a lot, except, you know, he's, he's not, you know, he's, he's obviously not going to be a short yardage back for you. He's not, he's not AJ Dillon, but he's a guy that I think is really good at, you know, just, if you get the ball in his hands, watch out. He's the type of guy that can take it to the house on any occasion He's the type of guy that I would like to see with the Colts. I mean, I'm all for getting the most explosive guys you can get on offense, especially giving Philip Rivers some help, um, especially if he has some young receivers that is in tight ends that he's going to be working with. Why not get him more threats out of the backfield to make his life and the offensive life, the offensive line's life, a lot easier? So mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I see some uh, Ahmad Bradshaw in him actually a little bit. Mm-hmm. He kind of reminds me of, gives me those vibes, you know. Former New York Giant, former Indianapolis Colt. I like I like this guy a lot. So I'll have to watch some some film on him. But I like Anthony McFarland quite a lot. Just Derek. go back. Just go back and watch the 2018 film against Ohio State. You'll be you'll be wowed. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to go watch that. Um, next guy we have here, uh, guy out of Cincinnati, Michael Warren. He is also five nine, but he's a bigger back. He's two twenty five. Um, four, four, five, eight, 40 times. So a little bit, uh, slower than some of these other guys on the list. Um, but the good thing about him, he averaged five yards per carry 2,600 yards and 33 touchdowns between 2018 and 2019. Um, he also added 46 catches for 400 yards and three touchdowns. And the thing that he, I think he could be a good fit because similar to AJ Dillon, he's a physical runner. He's a workhorse. He's a guy that, uh, also, you know, I thought that, kind of looking at him, he showed some improvements in speed. 
you know, we mentioned he's maybe not the fastest guy, but seemed like he kind of got better. He got a little bit faster. And so uh, he's certainly a guy that I like a lot for Michael Warren. He's a guy that, you know, can just be another compliment to Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins out of the backfield. Um, he's a little bit bigger. He's maybe not your typical power back, but he's just adding more depth, especially if Jonathan Williams does not come back to the Colts this year. Um, Michael Warren's a guy that that I like. Um, Derek, what do you think about this guy? Yeah, he definitely is your all-purpose kind of back. You know, can do all different kinds of things. The 2018-2019 season combined, again, averaged five yards per carry. You know, 2,600 yards and 33 touchdowns. That's not too bad over a span of uh, two seasons. And also with the 46 catches and 400 yards and a couple touchdowns there and there. Uh, like you mentioned, it's a workhorse. You know, when you can put up those kinds of numbers uh, for Cincinnati, that's definitely good. Uh, it just doesn't seem that his speed just w- limits him too much, which is good. Uh, I know you can definitely get faster if he trims down a few pounds. Uh, that could definitely increase his speed a little bit more. But you're just looking at a workhorse and Michael Warren, and that's exactly what you would need out of a running back like that for the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's certainly just like, especially with Marlon Mack, we know he, I mentioned it before, maybe not the most uh, durable guy, if you if you will. Um, and that's just kind of the nature of the NFL game. I feel like you need to have multiple serviceable backs to, to continue to to be a good running offense. And so um, I'm certainly on board with that in a guy in the mid to late rounds. So I like that mm-hmm. a lot, man. Um, are there any other guys, Derek, that you kind of think maybe could be some guys, whether that's same, same kind of rounds or maybe a little bit later that could be kind of some steals for the Colts here yeah. at running back? Um, that's all the guys that I can really think of right now. Obviously I didn't want to mention the biggest name guys because everybody has an opinion on those, but just kind of wanted to give a deeper inside look at some other guys that, you know, in later rounds could potentially be there for the Colts to swipe up if they want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is kind of our first of many episodes that we're going to drop for you guys. We'll probably most days, honestly have multiple videos per day on just strictly NFL draft stuff. And so be looking for this guys the, uh, tomorrow. We're going to be talking about looking at the wide receivers. Like Derek mentioned, we're going to be looking at a lot. There's a lot of wide receivers that we think can fit with the Colts. That's probably arguably their biggest need overall, especially on offense. So uh, I'm really excited for that one, but uh, yeah, that'll do it for this podcast guys. Let us know if there, if there are any other guys you could see potentially being steals for the Colts, whether at quarterback or running back, but for Derek and myself, thank you guys as always. And as always go Colts.